what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. The whole world out here has hope, but it's based on if. But the Christian's hope today is not a matter of if something's going to happen. Folks, our hope today is based on when it is going to happen. And God said, by this time tomorrow. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, turn with me please to the book of 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 1. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And Elisha said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shall not eat. Thereof, I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching for just a few minutes. Tomorrow, about this time, at the time of our text today, the city of Samaria had been under siege of the Syrians for quite some time. They had been under siege for so long that it produced a great famine. And if you look in the 6th chapter of 2 Kings, 2 Kings 6 verse 25, the Bible tells us that the famine had gotten so great that an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver. That's $640 for a donkey's head. The Bible goes on to say that a fourth part of a cab of dove's dung sold for five pieces of silver. That's a pint of dove poop for $40. Folks, let me tell you, it's pretty bad when all you got to eat is donkey head and, and, and bird poop. The ladies group has just made a, a cookbook. A lot of recipes in there. You need to buy you one for $10. I thumbed through it and looked through it and whatever the case. I have not found the first recipe in there that used a donkey head or dove dung in any of that cookbook. So those of you listening by radio, if you want one of the ladies' cookbooks, give us a call. Let us know. They're $10 a piece. Am I, am I right? $10 a piece. Let us know. There, there are no recipes in there for donkey head or dove dung. But it's pretty bad when that's all you got to eat, folks. And I mean, the, the price of it. Who would want to pay that much for bird poop? 
$40 for some bird poop. That's pretty rough. While I'm here, let me just go ahead and say this. Our country is under a siege today, and we're having to pay a lot of money for stuff that ain't worth the bird poop. And it's because we have voted in people that are against the Word of God. And folks, if we don't start going to the polls and start voting according to the Word of God, we need to vote on a local, state, and national level, not just the president, but in all three categories, local, state, and national levels, vote the Word of God. It doesn't matter if they've got a D or an R behind their name, whether they're Democrat or Republican or Independent. If they are for the Word of God then we need to vote for them. And stop voting for people that don't love America and hate God. That's why we're in the mess we're in today. If we don't start going to the polls and voting right, we're all going to be eating donkey head and bird poop. We ain't far from it now. Oh, it was bad. It was so bad within the confines of the city of Samaria that they were eating their own children. In verse 28, 2 Kings 6, verse 28, we read where two women made an agreement to eat their sons. Give your son and we'll eat him today. Tomorrow we'll eat my son. And they boiled one of the boys and they ate him. Our minds can't even begin to comprehend the horror of such a thing. And this is what God's people had been reduced down to. And it was due to a lack of obeying the Word of God. Turn with me, if you will, to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Verse 1. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. It shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently... Unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all of his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. Folks, when we obey the word of God, we can expect the blessings listed in the next 13 verses of this chapter. The thing is, no one has ever kept the law of God perfectly. And God knew this when he gave them the word. Well, why would God do such a thing? Give them something that he knew they couldn't keep? Well, the law was given to identify sin. And when the law was given, the people said, oh, we can keep that, no problem. But God knew they couldn't keep it. So what did he do? Alongside with the law, he gave the Old Testament sacrificial system. When an Old Testament saint failed God and they broke one of God's commandments, they were to go to get a lamb and bring it before the priest. The priest would inspect it. If it was without spot or blemish, then the priest would offer it up as a sin offering. For that individual, they would lay their head, their hand on the head of the little lamb and confess their sin. And its little throat was slit and the hot blood would pour out and the priest would prepare its body and put it on the altar. All of that, ladies and gentlemen, pointed and typified the cross of Jesus Christ. 
And then when this was practiced, when they obeyed God's commandment for breaking his law by going through and by the sacrifice, they were forgiven. Fellowship was restored with God. Today, under the New Testament, we look back at what Jesus did. We can't keep the commandments of God either, not within our own strength, ability, talent, and whatever the case. But when we place our faith in what Jesus Christ did at Calvary, in the mind of God, we're not a lawbreaker. We are a law keeper. Because of our faith being in Christ, Christ kept the law of God perfectly, and he did it for me. And when he died on Calvary, he took my sins, your sins, the sin of the whole world. And for those who will believe in what he did, he gave us his righteousness. And in the mind of God today, I am a law keeper. And folks, my faith in what he did at Calvary qualifies me for all the blessings. I'm blessed today because my faith is in Christ and what he did at Calvary. And God said he would make you the head, not the tail. Blessed. We can expect the blessings of God when we keep our faith anchored in Christ. Well, Brother James, I messed up. I did something I shouldn't have done. Well, join the crowd. 1 John 1 and 9 says, If we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, you place your faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary. If you mess up, you go before the Lord, Lord, forgive me. And then you move on. If this thing keeps recurring in your life, then you've got a weakness there. And you need to bring that before the Lord on a daily basis. And say, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from this, this evil and help me. By the time of our passage today, Israel was not obeying the Lord. King Jeroboam, the first king of the northern kingdom of Israel, he led Israel away from God. He led Israel away from the commandments of God. He led Israel away from God's sacrifice. I won't go into all of that, but he was the first king of the northern kingdom of Israel, and he led Israel away from God. And by the time we get to King Ahab, the Bible tells us that Ahab did the same thing. He made an unscriptural covenant with Benadad, the king of Syria. And in this covenant, Benadad promised to restore one of the cities which his father had taken, and Ahab couldn't resist the proposal. So he let Benadad go. He should have killed Benadad because God had appointed Benadad to total destruction. But he let this man live. Because the benefits of having that city meant more to Ahab than obeying the word of God. And folks, that's a big problem in our country today. We become lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. One of the prophets came to Ahab, 1 Kings 20 verse 42 one of the sons of the prophets came to him and said, Thus saith the Lord, because you have 
Let go out of your hand a man whom I have appointed to utter destruction. Thy life shall go for his life and thy people for his people. When Ahab let Benadad go, that allowed the Syrians to gain strength. They attacked Israel and killed Ahab. And his son Jehoram reigns in his stead now. And he too forsook the law of God and God's sacrifices and led Israel away from God. And God said in Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, If thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe, to do all of his commandments and the statutes which I have commanded thee this day, that all of these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Verses 15 through 68 list curse after curse for disobeying God. And in verse 53, look at that. Deuteronomy 28, verse 53, God said, Thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body. Eating your children. Thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body, the flesh of thy sons and thy daughters, which the Lord thy God has given thee in the siege and in the straightness wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee. Jehoram walks upon the wall of Samaria and he heard the agreement that these two women made about eating their children. And when he heard this thing, Second Kings 6, verse 30, the Bible says that he rent his clothes and he passed by upon the wall and the people looked and behold, he had sackcloth within upon his flesh. Wearing sackcloth was an outward sign of repentance and humility. But Jehoram had not truly repented. You look there in verse 31, he wanted to kill Elisha. He blamed Elisha for the famine situation that was taking place in the city. This wearing of the sackcloth was just an outward sign so that it would appear a certain way to people. I wonder today how many people go to church and on the outward appearance they seem Christian, they seem godly, they, they have all the outward signs and trappings of Christianity, but within they're not saved. The church is full of such today. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that in the last days perilous times would come. In verse 2, the Bible says that men will be lovers of their own selves. Verse 4 of 2 Timothy 3, they'll be traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of thereof from such turn away now that's what the word of god says that in the last days 
He's speaking to the church now. People would have a form of godliness. The words prior to that, they love pleasures more than they love God. And they would have a form of godliness, but denying the power. In other words, they deny the power of what they are wearing on the outside and appear to be the people. But they are denying the power of the Holy Spirit to change them and to make them into what they ought to be. They're living a lifestyle that does not line up with the Word of God. A form of godliness. They can talk a good game. But the lifestyle does not line up with the book. And God said, from such, turn away. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. From such, turn away. Jehoram came to the house of Elisha. He's ready to shorten him up about 12 inches. He's ready to cut Elisha's head off. And he would have done it were it not for the word of God. And God told Elisha, 2 Kings 7 verse 1, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. This word from the Lord declared an end to the famine the next day. Folks, there's coming an end to the famine. There's coming an end to sickness. There's coming an end to pain. There's coming an end to funerals. There's coming an end to all the things that kill, steal, and destroy. There's coming an end to all of that tomorrow, in the future. At some given point in time, ladies and gentlemen, the Word of God says that these things will come to an end. And this, folks, is our hope. It is biblical hope that all of these things that kill, steal, and destroy will one day come to an end. Biblical hope. It's founded on the Word of God. See, the world out here has hope, but their hope is based on if. If I pick the right numbers on that lottery ticket, then I can win X amount of dollars and be a multimillionaire. If. If a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his tail on the ground either. If. The whole world out here has hope, but it's based on if. But the Christian's hope today is not a matter of if something's going to happen. Folks, our hope today is based on when it is going to happen. And God said, by this time tomorrow, 
folksters coming an end to these things. Let me give you an example. The rapture of the church. You've heard about it all your life. God's told us that it's going to happen. We just don't know when. God's done a lot of that in his word. This is going to happen. And a lot of times he doesn't tell us when it's going to happen. This particular instance here, he told them tomorrow about this time the famine will be over. God has promised us a lot of things in his word. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. But he didn't tell us when he was coming. And there's all kind of reasons for that. The Lord may come get you before he come get me. He might come get me before he come get you. He may come and get us all at one time in what we call the rapture of the church. We just don't know when. But God has promised this in his word. And folks, we, we, we can bank on it. This is a check that you can take to the bank and count on it and cash it. Because if God said it, it's going to happen. But whether God gives us a time limit on it or not, it requires faith in order to receive the benefit of the promises. And in this particular situation here, the Bible says that one of the servants, 2 Kings 7 verse 2, a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be. You can just hear the scoffing, the snickering, the pure, raw, rank unbelief in this man's sarcasm. He didn't believe it. There are millions out there in the world right now that scoff. Where is the promise of his coming? Unfortunately, there's a lot in the church today that don't believe this book. God is a God of miracles. God can perform miracles today just like he did 2,000 years ago. Gifts of the Spirit are still available for the child of God today, and miracles are still available for us today, but it's only for those who believe. I get amazed. People will be sick. The doctor says you only got two weeks to live. The time comes and goes. You see them up walking around, and you would think they would praise God and say, God touched me and healed me. But instead, they'll turn around and say, well, I just want as sick as the doctor thought I was. You are robbing God of his glory when you do such a thing. Unbelief. Just don't believe in miracles no more. And the church is full of folks that, they, that don't believe in miracles no more. Unbelief always robs God of his glory and gives credit to something else. This man's words of unbelief brought judgment. You need to hear that. Unbelief brings judgment. Elisha said, 2 Kings 7 verse 2, Behold, you'll see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat thereof. The next day there was an abundance of food. 
just like Elisha said. I won't get into all of that today because I've run out of time. This man saw that abundance of food. And as he tried to make his way to partake of it, he was trampled to death by the crowds of people. He saw it with his eyes, but he missed out because of his unbelief. There's a lot of people that don't believe in Jesus Christ and what he did. They will stand before God one day and they will see heaven. But they're going to see it at the great white throne judgment. They're going to see all the great things that God has prepared for those who love him. And went according to his word, placed their faith in Christ. But these individuals would not do that. They put their faith in other things. They put their faith in themselves and they missed it. They did not believe what the Word of God said. And they will stand there one day and they will see all the beauty and glory. But the angels will usher them into a lake of fire and they're going to miss it. They're going to see it with their eyes but will not partake thereof. It's a horrible thought. But folks, that's where a lot of people are going right now. Because of unbelief. Tomorrow, about this time, is a message today for you that you can place your faith in what God has said, and your tomorrow will be better than a lake of fire. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.